Welcome to Confabulation, the podcast. My name is Matt Goldberg. I'm the host and producer of Confabulation, Montreal's premier all-true storytelling series. Every week on the Confabulation, the podcast, we share a story from the Confabulation live events. These are all true stories as told by the people that live them. This week's story is from Raven Geist Deschamps. Raven is actually now a co-producer on Confabulation, largely because I was so blown away by her storytelling from this, her very first time telling a story. This was back in April of 2014. The event was Lies My Parents Told Me, which was, I think, one of our best shows ever. If you go back through the archives or forward to the future archives, you will find that we have pulled apart almost every story from that night. It was really great. Uh, Raven's really stood out to me, and I was so happy to have the chance to work with her on this show. And I guess all shows afterwards. So uh, please welcome Raven Geistechan. This is a story of how I omitted the truth and drugged my 75-year-old grandparents. Um, So it's 2012. Um, I'm in my grandparents' kitchen in British Columbia, and it's one of those days in BC where it's kind of like damp and fresh and beautiful, and like from the window, I can see the mountain, and it's gorgeous. And I'm in the kitchen, and in one hand, I have a pound of butter, and in the other hand, I have a a bag of pot. (laughs) And I'm looking at these six web pages on how to make pot butter and what's particularly interesting about this scene is um, okay so they live on a big property Um, it's beautiful but normally they're like tiny yappy dogs and there are roosters and it's really noisy and my my oma's offering me bread and talking to me and my opa is either offering me coffee with baileys or like doing one of his acts of testosterone, like carving an entire venison carcass on the kitchen table. And, but this time, um, I'm alone. So my mom's off with my grandmother, they're walking, my grandfather is somewhere writing, and it is completely silent. And it's almost a little magical and So, of course, I go into witchy mode as I make this pot butter. And so what I remember, I don't actually remember how to make it, but I do remember doing, like, this with the pot leaves and, like, stirring and, like, making these kind of funny prayers, like, may the high be kind and, like, may this be a beautiful experience for all of us. And what I'm going to do with this pot butter is I'm going to make this gorgeous warm salad, okay? So I'm going to thinly slice some fennel, and I'm going to cook it in the butter, and then I'm going to put it on, like, a bed of arugula with roasted pistachios. Like, that's the vision that you should have. Um, And I cook it in this magnificent big cast iron pot, pot, and as soon as I am done... And this is kind of amazing. My grandfather, out of nowhere, like, sweeps in, and he's like, can I use the pan for the venison? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) You can. And we all sit down to dinner, and I am unnaturally calm about what's about to happen. In fact, I'm like that kind of freaky calm where, like, the storm might be coming, but you don't know it yet. Um... And I look as my grandmother picks up her fork. And this is probably the moment in the story where I should tell you that I don't smoke pot. I don't use pot. 
I don't actually really like it. And also, it was my mom's idea. I'm going to blame it like 100% on her. Like she's the one who went to go get the pot from my grandmother's underwear drawer. Okay. Um, but the more important thing you need to know is that my grandmother has stage four bone cancer, and she's had that for about like seven years, and she's in chronic pain. And recently, what's happened is that every visit, you know, the, the tone changes. It's kind of like it might be sunny outside but you walk in and it's like you have a thousand sandbags on your chest. There's like a deep grief that you can't really move away from. Uh, I think like the other metaphor I kind of came up with was, it's like there's a mammoth and all you have is a little toy hammer and you're trying to like distract the mammoth of grief from its intransigent pathway, but there's nothing you can do. And lately my grandmother has also told us about how she's become depressed, how the meds have made her depressed, and she feels like life doesn't have any more color. I really love my grandparents. We have a great relationship. Um, we're pretty close. They are German immigrants. And what they'll say whenever we have a family gathering is this beautiful thing. They'll just look at each other and they'll hold each other's hand and they say, we did this. And I also really love my mom. We're really close. She's a great lady, but what really sucks is that every time we were going to these visits, she would be depressed for the two weeks before and feel like this crushing sadness, and she would feel sad for the two weeks afterwards. So this particular visit, what ended up happening was, you know, I'm like typing away on my computer or something, doing homework, and I overhear my mom and my grandma talking about how one of her friends, you know, one of my grandma's friends was like, have this pot, like, you could try it, it's great. And they're like, ah, the smoke is terrible, we're not, we're not going to do that. And I pipe up and I'm like, but we could cook it. And no one says anything, like, I'm like, it's like I didn't say anything, but my mom kind of comes by and she's like, we should. Ooh, like we should do that. So here we are at the dinner, and I start eating. And it's like I go porous. Like it's like my skin is expanding. It's like I am settled. It's like that moment um, when you feel completely happy to be inside of your body, like you're radiating, like you're like this sensual, like, and you're like fat floaty thing in this, this puddle of, of joy. Um, and my mom makes this great move, which I will remember to the end of my days, which is <sighs> like, like she's like remembered how to sit, you know? And I look at my grandmother, and I, I don't know if you know this, but what happens with cancer is that, you know, it kills you by starvation. So the more the, you know, the, the cell masses grow, the more energy they require, and of course, the more tired your system gets, and you have the meds, and of course, they cause nausea. And Oma is eating. Like, it's beautiful. Like, she's like, like, this fennel is delicious. And, and I'm like, yes. And I'm, of course, giggling. Um, and, and, and so what normally happens with my grandfather, so my grandfather is a retired professor of environmental science. So most conversations are both edifying and unilateral. And I think we're about to go on this, you know, Neanderthal, like, discussion about Neanderthals. But the tone changes. And it's great. So he starts talking about this hunting trip where he took two of his sons out in the woods and he lost them. <laughs> and they found each other in the woods and they came back to his camp in the morning and he thought he would have to go to Oma and say that he lost the kids and hoped she still loved him. But they found each other. And again, my grandparents are like, they're really scientific. You know, you die, you become the earth, the worms eat you, you're done. 
but they start talking about these ways that people communicate in nature that don't require sound. And not only that, but I hear about my grandfather's out-of-body experiences, like this time he was chased by a bear up a tree and could see himself dangling from the branches from somewhere all up in the sky. And then even like best yet, the tone changes to love. And he starts going around the table and saying how he loves me, how he loves my mom, how he loves my grandfather, how he loves you know, the people who aren't there, and how he like, loves my dad in like, a, almost like an uncomfortably like, like male bonding kind of a like, your dad is such a man, like such a father, you know? And, it, and, it's, and it's great. It's really great. And he also starts blaming the peasant wine. He's like, whoa, well, it feels so nice. Like, it must be the peasant wine that he's made. And, I, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, go get another bottle. Like, yes. And so we all go to the living room, and we sit down. And there are three small miracles that happen. The first one is that my grandfather shuts up. It's magnificent. <laughs> the second one is that my grandmother starts speaking. And I was really high, so unfortunately I can't remember, but I know it was really beautiful. And it was about, <laughs> and it was about the, the, the language of, of babies and how we develop language and why it might have happened the way that it happened. And in the meantime, my mother is kind of like on this repeat loop where she'll only interject to say, the plant is kind. The plant <laughs> is kind. <laughs> and, and the third miracle is that my, my grandfather's an insomniac and normally stays up till about three in the morning. And when it's time to go to bed, he goes to bed. We all go to rest. And it's been the most magnificent evening we've had in like years. And the next morning I get up and I can't believe what's happened and I go into the kitchen and, I'm like, and my mom has told my grandma and we have like a good laugh. And again, you have to remember that these are people who love science, so of course they would want empirical evidence that what happened last night was for real. So there was a little bit of pot butter left in a, in a beautiful container, and my grandmother decides to make eggs with it. <laughs> and I somehow, in the middle of seeing her eat, I kind of go, huh, this might be a test. And my heart drops because my grandmother looks at me with her gaze, her piercing blue gaze, and she says, Raven, I don't feel anything. And I realize all of the things that I don't know. What I'd wanted for this visit was like this, this moment in time where we could forget, where we could hold hands through this gulf of grief of which I knew only half the textures. Um, I, I don't know what it's like to have a chronic illness or to build a life around pain or to work with an object that seems unfathomably difficult, you know? And I understand her, her need to query something that would take all of that away really quickly. But what I do know um, is that with those words, with that gaze, with that moment, Oma drew us out of the marvelous as we had known it and into a reality in which she was again the master of her own fate. Thank you. Thank you.
Confabulation will return on Saturday, January 10th. We'll be at Mainline Theatre in Montreal for Confabulation Presents All in the Timing, a co-production with the Bouge DC Dance Festival. All information can be found at confabulationmontreal.com. Be sure to also catch me, Matt Goldberg, in Uncalled For Presents Playday Mayday uh, at the 2015 Centaur Wildside Festival in Montreal. It's playing from January 7th to the 17th. You can get more information at centaurtheatre.com. And, uh, you know, while you're there, also check out Steph Robert in For Body and Light Presents Coming and Going. Confabulation, the podcast, is produced by Paula Flalo and hosted by Matt Goldberg. For more on Confabulation, you can check out confabulationmontreal.com or check us out on Facebook, the preferred social platform for everyone whose name is not Paula Flalo. Confabulation, the podcast, is distributed by No More Radio, available every week at nomoradio.com. Support for No More Radio comes from Montreal Improv. You can check them out at montrealimprov.com. 